Second Peter 1, 4. If I can find it here. Amen. Uh, now, I'm, I'm, I'm preaching today on um, the divine nature. The big subject is the divine nature. And, of course, then the Bible tells us here, we're about to read, that we are partakers of the divine nature. My whole growing up life period, I, um, you know, we used to sing the little song, To Be Like Jesus, That's All I Ask. And uh, we really sang that sincerely. I know for me, I wanted to be like Jesus. And in recent times, you know, the... Well, it's a little outdated now, but just a few years back, they were wearing the bracelets that said, what would Jesus do? You know, and what did, before you speak, before you act, before you do something, you need to stop and think, what would Jesus do? I need to emulate him and, and Lord, you know, less of me and more of you and all that. You know, a lot of us have grown up with those things. But really, when you look at it, the Bible declares that we already have the nature of God. I think sometimes we're trying too hard to do what's already been provided through the finished work of Christ. Amen? And uh, I just want to have faith in what the Bible says belongs to me. And I want to encourage you to do so because the more that you believe what is already in God's mind uh, an established fact, uh, the more it will, those things will manifest in your life and you'll receive the benefit of it. So uh, we don't have to pray, Lord, you know, break my will and give me yours and all that stuff. Uh, uh, we used to sing a song from the convention songbook, Jesus use me and oh Lord don't refuse me. Now can you imagine Christians singing that like he's going to refuse you for any reason? While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us and accepted us, bought and paid for us. Amen? So, you know, Lord, oh, Jesus used me, and oh, Lord, don't refuse me. Surely there's a work that I can do. And even though it's humble, Lord, cause my will to crumble. Well, God doesn't want your will to crumble. First thing... Our will and his will should line up and be the same, according to Scripture. Plus, um, we, uh, he's, uh, the Bible says that he has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Um, we are, uh, we have the mind of Christ. And so that means that the decisions that we make and the things that we do, are we tempted sometimes to to step out of that, to step out of and, and do things that are not the nature and character of God? Sure. But we're overcomers through Jesus Christ. We overcome the world. Don't sit around and talk about, Brother Hagin used to say, don't talk about how sick you are. Don't talk about how weak you are. Don't talk about how broke you are. Don't talk about how you don't have any favor and nobody likes you and you don't have any friends and everything's bad and everything I try to do, you know, goes to mud and whatever else. That's um, just, just you know, you'd be better off just to be quiet if that's all you can say. Like I told you, I was working the book table for the Hagans, you know, back when I was a young man and we'd have these... Uh, these tapes, you know, cassette tapes. They called it the tape table. 
And uh, one lady came up and she said, I tell you, I need some help. I need a tape. You know, everything I the touch just goes to. And she said, I just, you know, can't I can't seem to get the victory. I can't get my healing. I can't do anything. And I said, well, you might need this confession brings possession, you know. And, uh, no, I, I've got that. I tried that. That doesn't work. And everything I, I recommended didn't work. And I said, well, I got a tape just for you, people like you, that none of these other tapes work. I've got a special tape for you. And I went under the table and pulled out a roll of duct tape. And I said, this tape will help you because I'll rip off a piece and put it over your mouth and things will get better by themselves in about a year if you just won't talk. Because you're cursing yourself. And then, then they have the nerve to ask you to pray for them. Well, what would I pray? It might, you're negating my prayer with everything you say. It's a waste of time. All right. That's just true. Second Peter 1 4. We're going to read it if it harlips the devil. Hope it does. Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. Amen. How many remember the song, Standing on the Promises, and By His Word, and those kind of songs? Amen. I still like those. Those are good words. That by these, these what? These great and precious promises, you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Now, We usually use the word lust to just refer to uh, physical or sensual lust, sexual lust. But lust is a broader term than that. It just means just uh, unbridled craving of of whatever. Uh, The Bible does not say that money is the root of all evil. It doesn't say that. It says the lust of, really it says love, but if you looked it up, you know, in in the Greek... It would say uh, the 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 lust of money. In other words, just lusting after it, where all you can see is money. If you're not careful, if you have that spirit on you, the problem is that you'll start doing. <laughs> I've seen people with that. They, that's when they start cutting corners, get out of black and white to gray areas, over to flat out committing felonies, <laughs> trying to get enough money up, you know, to do whatever they want to do. Well, the money's not evil, but the lusting after it and, and what that causes is what causes the problem. So it could be lust of anything, anything, because the concept of lust is really a lie. When you think about it, it's, 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 you have this belief that you're not going to get your share. You're not going to get what's coming to you. You're not going to, even, even that includes sexually. You, that's why we use it for that. You're not going to, you know, you're not, you're not going to, uh, have, what you should have as a person and so forth. And so therefore, you'll, if you're not careful, you'll, you'll start just becoming obsessed with something. And that's when sin enters in. And before you know it, you're in trouble. All right. So we, Bible says, though, we were, we're escaping that. Can you say praise the Lord? Praise the Lord. I'm escaping that kind of corruption. What, what is, what's being corrupted? My, uh, uh, my, uh, in my mind, my, my right standing with God is being corrupted. My, uh, not technically for real, but this is the way I feel, as though I'm cut off from God. God's not the cutter-offer. <laughs> we are. 
It's like that joke about, uh, well, it's not a joke, it's a story, you know, uh, uh, G.E. Patterson, who was the, for years, the general overseer of the Church of God in Christ from Memphis, he said that, you know, back in years ago, the cars had bench seats, you know, so your wife or your girlfriend could sit right up next to you, you know. And uh, so they said they had gotten married, and year by year, you know, she they weren't sitting next to each other anymore. So one day they're driving down the road, and and he's behind the steering wheel like normal, and she's over here by the other door. Well, you know, in a big car like a Buick or a Cadillac or Oldsmobile, that's 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 a fur piece over there. And so she's sitting over there, and she looked at him, and she goes, "Gilbert," she said, "We just don't. I don't know what's happened to us." Said. Why are we, we, why, why don't we sit next to each other in the car anymore? And he looked at her and said, who moved? In other words, he didn't move. He's still dry. He's still behind the steering wheel. She's the one that moved. He's asking her, you tell me, you're the one that moved. So sometimes people say, I just feel like God's so far away from me. And I, my question is, well, who moved? It wasn't him because he'll never leave us nor forsake us. So you start saying, well, I just feel far from God. Well, A, stop saying that. (laughs) B, uh, I want you to see here how that we become partakers of the divine nature, how that becomes a reality in our life. It says, through exceeding great and precious promises. You want to start feeling close to the Lord, get your Bible out. Begin to read the great and precious promises. Begin to read what He's done for you. Begin to see who you are in Christ. Then begin to praise Him and thank Him, even if you don't feel like it. Even if you don't sense unction, all these unction people, you know, everything, they can't even sing unless they have unction, you know. Well, be unctioned in Jesus' name. But, you know, sometimes you have to stir up. Paul told Timothy, you, the uh, there's the implied subject, if it's not there, is always you. So you stir up the gift of God that's within you. That was there by the laying on of hands, you know, the grandma and the mama and everybody laid hands, you know, on him and said, you know, stir that up. Because sometimes you have to stir up the things of God. People come to church, they say, well, I just don't feel like I used to. I need to feel something. Well, let's get a frying pan out and hit you in the head. Maybe you'll feel that. How about stomp on your foot? I don't know. People want to feel something. we got a cattle prod in the back. We'll zap you. I'm being facetious. But, you know, we can't go by how we feel. We don't worship by how we feel. We don't claim the word by how we feel. Sometimes I felt bad, claimed the word, and still felt bad. But it kept doing it. Well, that's making everybody run the aisles, ain't it, and flop on the floor. Uh, anyway, where do we connect to these, to, to be a partaker of the divine nature? It's through the great and precious promises. Amen. And so, 
If I were you, I if you nothing else, take a three by five card, write down. You don't have to have a hundred, but write down three to five uh, references, and write up on the top of your three by five card healing, and write uh, at least three scriptures that promise you healing, and then write another card that says prosperity, and write three or four scriptures references that promise you, you know, God's provision. Amen. And then uh, love, my love walk, (laughs) my faith walk, peace. Just And so make yourself a little topical stack of cards. And when you begin, or fear, how to overcome fear, all these things, you know, they, they make these little topical Bibles. They have it done for you. But there's something about doing it yourself for you in the most simple, primitive way. That really helps you. Amen. Um, So this brings up the question this morning. If we're partakers of the divine nature, then the question is, what is the divine nature? Now, there are churches and there are denominations and groups of folks who, who think alike. From what they describe God, it's not good, uh, uh, partaker of the divine nature. The divine nature could include putting cancer on you, burning your business down, taking one of your children away from you, something like that. Because they say, well, we never question God's will. You never know what he's going to do. So that makes God a total schizophrenic. You can't depend on him. He, 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 one minute he blesses you and the next he doesn't. Well, his ways are higher than ours. I've heard this. You ever heard that? His ways are higher than ours. His thoughts are higher. Yeah, keep reading, please. The scripture says in that he does not allow his word to return void. Not some weird thing. You can't just take a scripture out of context and make it say what your denomination has always said. Amen. So what we want to do is, well, you never know what God's will is. Well, you will if you'll read the Bible. You can stop saying you never know. His word is his will. Amen. It's not in the word. I don't know what you got. You've got confusion. And, you know, the thought is, well, you know, well, it, 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 with 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 that whole Calvinistic thing is, well, if if you pray, and the answer comes back no, well then I'm thinking, well then why bother to pray? If God's will is set in stone, it's predetermined, it's providential. There's nothing you can do about it. Then why bother asking? Why don't you just hold your breath, cross your fingers, and wait and see what you get? And and then your main scripture, you could have it out on the front of the building. Life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. For a skunk. So, the Bible says that we are partakers of the divine nature. So it might pay us to read this word and see what that means. What is God's nature? What is the, see, and so all that other stuff is an assault on the nature and character of God. 
For God so loved the world that he afflicted half of them with the bubonic plague, lest they forget, you know. No, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Whosoever would believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. The word of God tells us that, beloved, I wish above all things, above all things, above all things. This is the top of the list, that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. Psalm 103. So now we're going to look at what is the nature and character of God. We're going to jump all over the place here. Psalm 103.8. So, you know, we could now... Just asking that question, what does the Bible say about the nature and character of God? Um, you could spend a year answering that, couldn't you? Yes. Uh, but we're not going to take a year this morning. I've been in meetings where I felt like I aged 10 years by the end. I was in a service one time, and the guy had 12 points, 12. Well, that would have been fine if you just spend a a minute or two on each point, but he was spending 20 minutes on each. So after four of those, we're into hour two of his teaching. I turned to my wife and I said, we're out of here. The minute he looks the other way, Go that way, and we'll stagger it. Act like you got to go to the bathroom or something, you know. I'm sorry, excuse me. So we have escape plans in case the meeting goes weird, how to get out, praise the Lord. Always have a plan of escape, you know. Psalm 103, verse 8, says, in talking about... uh his who who he is and his nature. In fact, let's back up to verse six because it starts talking about a, a description of his of his personality, his nature, his character. Amen. The Lord. So if we're going to be partakers of the divine nature, we need to be like him. Amen. The Lord executeth righteousness and judgment for all that are oppressed. He made known his ways unto Moses, his acts unto the children of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and plenteous in mercy. Amen. Uh, He will not always chide, neither will he keep his anger forever. He hath not dealt with us after or according to our sins. Because if he had, we're all toast. Nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. For as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward them that fear or uh, have a reverential respect. Him, As far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. So I, according to what we read in 2 Peter 1.4, I am a partaker of that part of the divine nature. 
Now, the slow to anger part. Let's talk about that. Because some of us can be hotheads. You know. Some of us can be road rage people if we don't watch it. We turn into that really quick. And uh, get really angry when we're mistreated. Well, you know, anger in and of itself is not necessarily a sin. The Bible says, be angry and sin not. So there is an anger that is righteous indignation. But, you know, just us flying off the handle all the time, that is something's wrong with that. That is not the nature and character of God. We need to have patience with folks and lead the way in mercy. I've had... um and I'm not great at this, but I'm getting better, praise the Lord. But I've had, you know, uh, wait, wait staff at a restaurant or whatever. You know, you can sometimes help them if they come and they're frazzled and maybe the last person just said something rude to them or they got, you know, their, their, your, their home life is, a, you don't know what's going on with people. But I've been able just to say, and Scarlett's great at this, she's helping me. But to say, hey, you know, uh, you know, God loves you, or, I mean, you don't even have to get that deep with it if you don't want to. You can just say, hey, um, appreciate you waiting on us today. You're doing a good job. Thanks for bringing the iced tea or whatever. I mean, just some kind of word of kindness uh, can, can change the, the angry response you're getting to where, You've got them eating out of your hand almost, where before they were biting it off. So just things like that. I've learned that at airline counters. But like I said, you know, I've failed in this too as just a human. Sorry that your pastor's human. One of these days they're gonna these denominations are gonna be able to crank out artificial intelligence pastors. <laughs> that are pre-programmed and they're perfect and they never make anybody mad. Stepford pastors, you know. Um, so, there's a, Brother Hagen had a story about a man, you know, again, talking about who we are in Christ now that we've been, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5.17, old things are passed away, you know. Behold, all things have become new. I think it says in the Amplified, um, the old, let's put that up there, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, um, Amplified, classic Amplified. There it is. Uh, the, oh, see, the old previous moral and spiritual condition has passed away. Passed away is a nice, soft way of saying died. You know, Myrtle passed away. Well, uh, if you want to be just more blunt, say Myrtle died. So this is like the old previous moral and spiritual condition has died. Praise God. Well, things that die, you need to bury them and don't dig them back up. Let them, let them lay there. Let them lie there. So, um, Brother Hagen had a story of a man that his testimony was, you know, he's a businessman and very aggressive. Well, he became born again 
and, uh, you know, got a, a real salvation experience. And he, he had this habit of when he'd get mad on the phone, you know, it's some client or some, uh, you know, vendor or something, he'd get mad on the phone and he would, uh, kick the trash can. Now, you remember office trash cans used to be made out of metal. Now the entire world's made out of plastic. But they used to be made out of metal and, you know, kind of would have like almost corrugated sides to give it some strength. And so his trash cans always were dented. Like really, like, I mean, the trash cans were trashed. Because he'd get mad and the first thing that felt the brunt of his anger was the trash can. So he'd get mad on the phone, slam it down and kick the trash can against the the wall, and if he got really mad, he'd go over there and stomp the fire out of it, you know. So he'd tell his secretary, order me a new trash can. He just, this one, I can't even get anything in it, you know. It's all smashed together. And uh, he said that this this guy, again, he came like to the Assembly of God Church. He got saved, you know, and I don't know if filled with the Spirit yet, but he got saved and, you know, and received the Lord and felt he had a conversion experience, you know, a born-again experience. And so he's at work. <laughs> he's saved on Sunday. He's at work on Monday. And the first phone call that made him mad, <laughs> he started to slam it down. And he looked at it and set it down. And he started to go to the trash can and kick it. And he said, something said on the inside, this isn't who you are anymore. You don't have to act like this. Now, he had never had that thought. He had never, that's not his nature. His nature is to get mad and lose his temper and fly off the handle. But the Nate, how many can see Jesus acting like that? No. How many can see the Holy Spirit acting like that? No. But how many can see an unregenerated human acting like that? Absolutely. I've seen spirit-filled people act like that. (laughs) But sometimes we forget who we are. Now, Paul told those Corinthians that were committing fornication. He said it is commonly reported. This isn't like one little story. Commonly reported that you're out there fornicating. And he said, you have forgotten who you are. Know ye not, you are the temple of the Holy Ghost. Do you join Christ with a harlot? They had forgotten, and so Paul reminded them of who they are. Amen? That's why you need to come to church. Praise God. (laughs) Whether in person or online, I guess. But, you know, it's good to come in here and be reminded. Amen? Of who we are in Christ. We're not the world. We're not going to act like the world. We're peculiar. Peculiar does not mean something negative. We've we've used that as, well, it was just really peculiar. Well... (laughs) What was said or done. Well, peculiar can mean that, in other words, you stand apart from everyone else. So while the world's losing their mind over COVID and the coming recession and, you know, God, what's going to happen if the Democrats stay in office and what's going to happen if the Republicans get in office? Depending on which side you're on, I'll tell you, I will not tell you my opinion on which side is right to the right. On the right. <laughs> but praise God, you know, 
We don't have to act like that. I've said, you know, it doesn't matter to me who's president as far as it does as a, as a voter and a, okay. But I'm saying as a, as a child of God, there were plenty of people that served God in Soviet Union and China. You know, we don't have to have a republic and a democracy to serve God. Jesus did his earthly work in an overrun occupied by tyrants nation. So come on, people. Amen. Our trust is in God. The money still says in God we trust. And that's, I'm sticking with that. Well, if I take over, then, you know, I don't know what's going to happen to the church. The church will go on. Amen. All right. Can I just be like that? Be that bold? So, uh, the guy with the trash can, you know, he said, I don't have to be like that anymore. And did you know that his testimony was that he never murdered another trash can the rest of his career? That was the last trash can he had to buy because he didn't stomp the fire out of it. People that act out of character, it's because they have forgotten who they are. That's why it'd be good to confess every day, I'm a partaker of the divine nature. I act like my father. 1 John 4. We call it Christ-like. But you don't get Christ-like by trying. Now, another thing is the word nature, uh, while you're turning there, 1 John 4 and verse 8. Um, and we're going to read down a little bit. What What is God's nature if we're going to be, uh, what is the divine nature? We'd have to read about what that is. Um. But uh, I, I just wanted to make mention of the word nature. You know, the Bible talks about the fruit of the Spirit. And in some places it's taught like this is something you've got to try really hard in the flesh to produce. If it's produced in the flesh, it's not the fruit of the Spirit. It might be good manners or niceties, but it, that's different than the fruit of the Spirit. So fruit is a, is a product of natural or nature, whatever in the tree. So if you put a orange tree in your yard, you don't have to walk out there with a picture of an orange and lecture the tree. This is what you must try very hard to produce. So we've been yelled at now for a good 50 years about, you know, y'all need to produce the fruit now. They're going to be a Christian and have to have fruit of the Spirit. And um, there's a lot of joy in the way that's presented, isn't it? I was, I was like, I love Joyce Meyer. She's a blessing. But she's funny. She's got a funny personality. Very dry sense of humor. If she has a sense of humor, I don't know, but she's, she's just really, you know, in your face kind of. And so one time Joyce Meyer's on, uh, I was telling a friend of hers that's actually a fellow minister. He's on her board and everything. And we all love Joyce Meyer. But 
I would I, I fell out of the chair almost laughing at one of her TV broadcasts because she's on there talking about the joy of the Lord. But she never smiled the whole time. And she goes, I'll tell you what's wrong with so many Christians today. They don't have any joy. You have to, you have, to have the joy of the Lord. If you don't have any joy, you're not going to have any victory. And I'm thinking, somebody needs to hold up a sign behind the cameraman and say, Smile, Joyce! Anyway. <laughs> it's just funny. She was right, but it's just, you know, it's all in presentation. Um, natural. It's natural for a apple tree to an apple tree to produce apples. It's natural for a orange tree to produce oranges. It's natural for a banana tree, more like a plant, but kind of a tree to produce bananas. Whatever. And you can go out there and tell that banana tree all day, I want you to produce watermelons this year, and you're not going to get one. You're going to go to the state hospital if you keep that up. So, uh, the, right? The, it is the nature, see, divine nature. It is the nature of that tree to produce Apples, if it's an apple tree. And you can forget it. You don't even have to worry about it. You'll go out there and it'll blossom if it's healthy. And then those blossoms will turn into little miniature fruit and they'll grow and they'll ripe. You don't even have to pick them. They'll fall on the ground and you can pick them up. Praise God, the life cycle. So if you're trying, well, I'm trying to produce the fruit of the Spirit. I'll tell you, I'm really walking in faith on that one. Stop in the name of Jesus and just be what you are. Praise God. All right. Where are we? Oh, yeah. 1 John 4, 8. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. Um. In this was manifested the love of God toward us because that God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might uh, live through him. Herein is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son for he uh, to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God loved us, we ought also to love one another. No man hath seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us, and his love is perfected in us. Hereby know we that we dwell in him, and he in us, because he hath given us of his spirit, is in us. Okay, so uh, I'm not going to read all this, but if you keep reading all the way down to verse 21, I'm saving time here. Uh that, again, the, the theme is God is love. He has shared that love spirit with us. And, therefore, it's natural for us to walk in love. I've been so mad at people for their behavior that I wanted to pinch their head off. But the love of God constrains me from doing that. And... 
the love of God convicts me in a in an appropriate way of my rotten, stinking attitude to where I don't get into sin, and that I have to I have to just go. You know what? This isn't right. I you know I've got I don't want to, but I've got to forgive them, and uh, you know I bless them. I bless them. You know. You ever been there? Turn to your neighbor and say, have you ever been there? You know. Mother said, my, my mother sitting here, she used to say, I have searched the script. Now this is years ago. She says, I have searched the scriptures looking for a scripture to stand on to be able to hold a grudge. And I can't find one. And when she said that, the first time that I heard that as a child, it made me mad, kind of, because I was looking for the same thing. Surely, there's something in here that we can hate somebody and enjoy it. It ain't there. Look at Lamentations. Woo, we're really getting reaching, aren't we? Lamentations. Just put it up there. Lamentations 3.22. Uh, it is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because His compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. Amen. Uh, in fact, if you back up, back up to 21... Back up again. <laughs> Amen. More. Never mind. The Bible tells us, <laughs> I didn't want to talk about worms and gall before lunch. The Bible tells us that the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. I thought that was the verse I wrote down. Can somebody look it up? There. I'm not far away. Aha! Oh, different terms. Okay, this is it. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. Even when you and me act like they have come to an end, and we feel like they've come to an end, and we declare to some friend that wants to listen to our bemoanings, They've come to an end. I remember one time, uh, my, uh, my wife Cherie, uh, who passed away, uh, but, you know, we were, early part of our ministry, we were believing God for some money to come in that, you know, we needed desperately to pay the bills and stay afloat and keep the lights on. And I had figured out a timeline, Mr. Figure It Out, had figured out a timeline when, uh, you know, it was the deadline and the money had to be there to get it in the bank and do everything. And if it didn't come by then, we were just sunk. This is my thought. Mr. God's man of faith and power for this hour. So, the last day of looking in the mailbox, I thought, this is it. If it's not here now, I don't know what we're going to do. 
So I go out, I got up in the morning, I go out to the mailbox about the time it's delivered, and I look, and there's no, there's no check, there's no envelope, there's no word of encouragement, just more bills, whatever, problem. And I walked in and I said, that's it. We're just basically screwed here. It's over. Even if God answers it now, it's too late. And my wife looked at me and she said, let me tell you something. And I said, what? She goes, you have lost your mind. (laughs) You know, thank God for a good wife that will tell you, you have lost your mind (laughs) when you say something so ridiculous. Well, I don't know. Somehow we got out of that hole and went on and did great things. But praise God. (laughs) I just remembered that as a great story, isn't it? You have lost your mind. I said, well, thanks for being compassionate. Appreciate a good wife standing with you. Believe in God. Well, she was believing God. She got mad at me for throwing in the towel. She said, you're going to go in your room and read the Bible. Now, my mother, my father one time, he goes to the doctor and, uh, you know, in, in Tulsa, praise the Lord. And he goes to the, the doctor and he's got, he's got some kind of like a protrusion or swollen spot right here, you know, on, on his, on his abdomen, you know, torso. And, uh, it was, it was sore and painful and it, you don't know, we know, is it a tumor? What is it? Well, he finally went to the doctor, and the doctor said, ran some tests and took some picture x-rays and things. He said, your gallbladder is full of gallstones and about to break. And he said, if it does, it's going to dump poison right on top of your liver, and that could stop your liver and you're dead. You're just dead. So we need to put you in the hospital tonight. And do surgery first thing in the morning. I can push it through emergency surgery. I'm not against surgery. I'm not against doctors. You do your thing. Amen. But mother here. (laughs) I'll never forget. So he comes home, you know, and she says, well, what did he say about this thing? And he said, well, it's my gallbladder and it's full of gallstones and about ready to rupture. And uh, so if it does, it can stop my liver and kill me, you know. And so he wants me to go. He wanted me to go from the doctor's office to the hospital and check in through the ER and everything. But he said, um, I said, no, I better go home and tell Jerry. So he let me go home and tell Jerry. So he goes home to tell Jerry sitting here. And mother says, You're not going to the hospital tonight. You're going to give God first shot. She said, you're going upstairs and you're putting your, and she hands him the tape, the cassette tape deck thing, you know, the clink, clink, you know, hands him the cassette deck, uh, player, the, the cassette play, the, whatever, (laughs) the thing you play the tape on. And, and hands him a series of, of, Cassette tapes by Kenneth Hagan, Healing Belongs to You. And she says, you're going to listen to these, and you're going to get your Bible out, and you're going to confess the word, 
and then go back to the doctor tomorrow and get retested, and I believe you're going to be all right. Well, he looked like a whipped puppy going up the steps, and uh, I think she made him a bite to eat, and he went up there until bedtime listening to the Word and confessing the Word. The next morning, he got up. He couldn't see any. This thing had gone down. When they say this doesn't happen by itself. So he went back to the doctor. He says, run another test. He said, this is a waste of time, a waste of money. He says, no, it's my money, my time. I'll pay you for it. Run another test. They ran another test. His gallbladder was clean. He didn't have one stone. Well, the doctor was a Bible-believing man, so he, you know, he gave glory to God. But, you know, um, that has nothing to do with our lesson today. I just thought that was a great story about dad came in and mother said, you've lost your mind. Like Dan Quayle said, a mind's a terrible thing to lose. Anyway. That didn't help him politically, just once you know. Anyway, these scriptures like this, um, tell you the, the, the character of God, nature and character. So if you're a partaker of the divine nature, this is what you're like. And our love never ceases. Now look, that doesn't mean you don't have boundaries in your life. There may be a member of your family or a, a, an ex-wife, ex-husband, ex-whatever, employer, friend, ex-friend that's no longer being friendly. <laughs> um, for some reason, Christians have really overblown this love walk thing to include running over boundaries. And then they keep getting hurt over and over and over. And that's just dumb. I'll just tell you, that's just dumb. Because what you need to do is uh, set boundaries. If somebody's causing you pain or suffering, you sometimes have to say, look, I love you, but I think you're better over there, <laughs> and I'm better over here, and let's just call it quits here. Amen? And so there's sometimes there's this feeling, especially in the faith movement, of, you know, if, well, if I love them, I have to forget everything that I know about them. And it's like, well, no, that's not true. You can, for, you can forgive and forget the infraction, but then you have to also be smart enough to know this is who they are. And uh, I'm going to protect myself and my family or whoever, you know, from this person. Amen? So there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, and I think we need to learn those things. But we're not going to learn them today, everything, because I'm out of time. Praise God. <laughs> they go, God, he's going to go off on another tangent. We're going to be at the end of the line at the cafeteria. Well, they don't have any cafeterias anymore. COVID shut them all down. <laughs> nope, they do. They have a buffet in uh, Plant City and Riverview called Fred's Market. If you've never been to Fred's Market, it's worth the trip. Go to Fred's Market. I'm pretty sure it's run by Pentecostal people. <laughs> They at least have Georgia recipes. And their cornbread is wonderful. They don't have any sugar in it. They put the sugar in the tea, not in the cornbread. Praise the Lord. All right. Hallelujah. Let's lift our hands and thank God for the word.
Thank God. We are partakers of the divine nature. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. In me he will not impute sin. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Praise the Lord. Let's pray for those that are here and also watching on the Internet. You know, if you need a healing or whatever, put your hand where you're suffering. Jesus will touch you. In the name of Jesus, I thank you, Lord, for your healing power. I command sickness and disease to release its grip and hold on people. The, even some of our, our church members have felt under the weather and attacked. In Jesus' name, be free. Be loosed. In Jesus' name. I command all bacteria and viruses and germs to, to, to be neutralized in their bodies. In Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord, for breath in lungs and bronchial tubes and throats and nasal passages and Everything's clear and open and free and strong and healed and whole in Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord, that our congregation and those that are watching have have strong immune systems to fight off these things that come against in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for your healing power today. I command blind eyes to open, deaf ears to unstop, lame legs to walk, cancers and tumors to dry up. Be healed and whole in Jesus' name. Those who are suffering from mental attack, a mental illness even, thank you, Lord, for your healing power that they have the mind of Christ, not the mind of something afflicted. In Jesus' name, we give you glory and honor and praise. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, God bless you all. See you Wednesday night. Be there or be square. All right, praise the Lord.